It's the Don't Make It Weird Podcast. With your hosts, Daniel and Dina Soros. What is up? What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Don't Make It Weird podcast, where we are always the height of professionalism and in no way have to take multiple takes because I forget words. I am one of your co-hosts, Daniel Quigley, and I am joined, as always, by the zany Zephyr who zigs when she should zag, Dina Zoris. What is going on, Dina? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you like that one. Yeah. Wait, okay, wait, wait, okay. So, um, I was gonna say, uh, I don't remember the words. You were supposed to be ready, uh, delici- Wait, you deliciously dank demon. Oh, God. Oh. That's what I was Perfect. gonna do, okay. So professional. We are, we are the best. Mm-hmm. And we are joined by a very special guest this week. Someone that we are so excited that actually took the time to come on our show because, you know, Usually after all the other guests, uh, people are like, ah, I'll, I'll just pass. We are joined by a Twitch partner, a self-proclaimed Legend of Zelda nerd, and the author of the World of Naesis series. His newest book, The Age of Reckoning, Volume 2, is out now at major book retailers. Thomas Anthony Lay. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, Twitch affiliate, though, Dan. <laughs> Twitch, I'm not Twitch oh, partner yet. That would be amazing, though. That was me. That was me. Oh. Well, you know what? By the time me. this airs, you're going to be keep, a Twitch keep partner. Keep it in. And we're just going to... Yeah, we're, keep it in. We're, uh, we're putting the positive vibes out there in the world. Yeah, I'll, I'll happily... Like, people will come and they'll be like, oh, a partner. And then I'll be like, hang on. This guy's got, like, 10 viewers. <laughs> what? It's fine. I'm happy with that. I'll have more because they'll be there. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. By the time this airs, right, now it's just yeah. our job to make this a reality. <laughs> we're just gonna be pitching your, uh, your Twitch. We were right all along. <laughs> yeah, you can be. Oh, you can I, say so like you guys were first. Actually, oh, that's right. We knew. We knew. We predicted we knew. it. Listen, mm. we trust Dina's gut. Dina, what does your gut say about his Twitch partnership or affiliation soon? That it's gonna happen. Yeah. See, done. I can already see it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really understand Twitch, obviously, as we discussed before, but. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and, yeah. and so um, listen, we we have so much to get to on this show, and I'm so excited because listen, we're gonna be talking about both of his Age of Reckoning books. We're gonna be talking about Naesis on Twitch, and we're gonna talk about a charity that's very near and dear to his heart, the Pancreatic Cancer UK charity. We'll have links and everything in the bio. <sighs> are you are you are you ready? Are you excited, Tom? Are you do you have a I'm good hyped. feeling what you're getting into today? I am so hyped. You have no Listen, idea. Even across the pond. He I'm, sounds it. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I mean, listen. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the energy I need from you, Tom. That's what I'm talking about. And as, <laughs> and as always, to keep the reins on this ship, to make sure that it just doesn't go down in a firing ball of just random chaos, we have the only adult in the room, producer Sean. What's going on, man? Hello, everybody. How's it going, Tom? Welcome to the show. I see you've got a very uh, fun background for the folks at home this time, uh, Sean. Yeah, this is um, some real artwork, some real masterpiece chef's kiss artwork by friend of the show, uh, Stevie Wildcard. (laughs) For the folks at home, uh, we've had a like six long show debate 
on um, what exactly Chimera is. Uh, you know, before we even get to to Dina trying to get on this hill and defend herself, uh, Tom, what, do you, what, what when you hear Chimera, what comes to yeah, mind? Let's let's put on let's put Tom <laughs> yeah. on the spot. So a Chimera. <laughs> A chimera is a creature originally from Greek mythology with the head of a lion, a second head of a goat, and the tail of a snake. See, th- That is absolutely this correct. This is the correct answer, and this is what we've been saying. But for the longest time, first of all, this started because Dina thought it was pronounced chimera, and uh, we had no idea what that was. And then she's gone on to tell us that they're cute little shape-shifting creatures that are like pets, and uh, despite all of us telling her that she's absolutely wrong, um, Dina, please defend your position. <laughs> I am number four. It is a different animal altogether. Okay, so the actual definition is a chimera is, in mythology, chimera, it's a fantastic creature with parts from different animals. Whereas chimera is, and this is a literal definition that it, it has online, it says chimera is Shimmera. So, um, it's actually a shape-shifting pet, and I am number four. That's what I've been talking about, and I will die on this hill that it is pronounced you, Shimmera. Is it spelled the same? Because they shape-shift, because they shimmer. Mm. Can, you, can you spell it for no, us, the, uh, the latter? <laughs> C-H-I-M-A-E-R-A. So it's spelled the same? Yeah. Or roughly the same? No, that's not okay. the same. Oh, I didn't really it's different. It's not the same mm. spelling. So in fairness, in fairness to Dina, Tom... <laughs> So I, th- I think there's a delay in the, ahead, in the thing. But in fairness to Dina, the very first time I saw it written down, I did pronounce yes. it Chimera. So. Yeah, like we told Dina before, it's one of those cases where it's, it's easy to learn it by reading and never actually hear it. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really know how to say it. <laughs> I've just been replaced because he, he agrees with you. Excellent. Yeah. Actually, he already agreed to replace you pre-show, Daniel, when you were showing up late as usual. Yeah, so fair enough. Uh, this is my final yeah. episode on the Don't Make a Weird podcast, guys. So, uh, Tom, I'll let you uh, set up our next game. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Tom. I'm your new co-host. <laughs> All right, so we are going to play a game of true confession. Everyone's got two stories. One is true, one is false, and no matter what, we've got to sell it like it is the God's honest truth, and we have to decide who's a liar, a dirty, rotten, smelly liar, and who's a truth teller. All right. Tom, I want you to lead us off. Dina, let's get a number, one or two. For who am I picking for? For Tom? Um, I want number two. Go ahead with story number two, Tom. Okay. Uh, I once went on a date with the wrong girl, and I didn't notice until about an hour in. 60 seconds on the clock. (laughs) Where do you know her from? Uh, It was a blind date set up by a friend. Was it an online setup? Uh, Did you know her name? I all I knew no, was that her, all I knew was that her name was Anna. I knew I had to go and meet someone called Anna at a restaurant. Did they give you a description of what? Did like how did you? Go ahead. There was. Did they give you a description of what Anna was going to look like? There was no description. It was go to this restaurant, look for a girl sat by herself. She's called Anna. Introduce yourself. Have a meal with her. How did you find out that it was the wrong girl? 
So when I went into the restaurant, I saw a girl sat by herself. I said, are you Anna? She said, yes. I said, do you mind if I join you? And she said, of course. So we sat down, we had a meal. Across from the restaurant was a very sad looking girl all by herself for about an hour. And then she upped and left. And my friend texted me. That's it. Oh, man. Oh. Hmm. All right. Daniel and Dina, is Tom telling the truth? I really badly want this to be true because this is so good and I feel so bad for original Anna or Anna. I'm going to say true. I'm going to believe you, Tom. I'm going to believe that face. Let's do this. I'm not. I'm going to call bullshit. I don't think that a girl would wait for an hour. All right, Tom, we're the we're divided. Is it true or false? Well, Dina, you were correct. It was a completely false story. Oh, yes. Yes. I trusted you, Tom. I, I trusted you. Know a girl would wait for an hour. <laughs> so that was done. really great. Well done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. All right. Dina, <clears throat> I think Dina should go next. She went last last time. So, Dina, um, okay. the guys are going to choose one or two for you. Guest choice, man. Okay. Uh, number one. Story number okay. one. Um, I once faked getting amnesia to avoid somebody. Trick. Oh, my God. 60 seconds on the clock. Um, okay. Why, why did you want to avoid this person? Um, I went to high school with them, and I just didn't like them, and I just wanted to pretend that I wasn't, I didn't know who she was, so. So how did you, did you, like, fake a break, brain injury? How did you fake this amnesia? <laughs> I straight up said that I fell at work, and I hit my head, and I woke up in the hospital, and I had no memory. Did they Why try did and you jog your memory? Yeah. Uh, they did try to jog my memory a little bit. They were like, yeah, you remember me? We went to high school together. Blah, blah, blah. Like they, they did try and I just kept, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. And I wanted How to avoid her because she was a bully. Um, it's still going to this day if I run into her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. 60 seconds is up. Tom and Daniel. Is Dina being honest? I'm I'm saying false. Going false? Man, mm. all right. So usually Dina's crazy hijinks, the crazier it is, the more likely it is to be true. And the less crazy it is, the more likely it's to be a lie. Mm, I'm going false, though, too, man. I I feel like I don't know if Dina could do this. I'm, I'm calling false. Too small of a town. Okay, um, it's 100% true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! This is exactly the kind of manipulative scheme you would pull off, Dina, and I love it. (laughs) Manipulative as fuck! This is why I'm terrified of you! She is gonna tune in and she's gonna be like, that bitch! She really is. Oh God, yeah. The, the jig's up. Sorry, Maria. I remember you. I just don't like you. For help, I don't remember so you. So, is that the real name, or is this another Jamiroguay? 
No, that's uh, that's a real name, actually. Shout out you. <laughs> so, uh, elaborate on this a little bit. I'm I want to know what happened. Like, did she actually believe you? Did you pull it off? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually at work. She came into work. This was seven years ago, I think, because I was still living in like this little small town that I grew up in. And it was the first time I had seen anybody since high school. We were three years out of high school. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And I tried to walk into the back because I was on cash register at the time. And uh, my manager wouldn't let me. So I turned right back around, took her order. And I was like, can I get a name with that? And she was like, you don't remember me? And I was like... Oh, my God. You know what? That's like the ultimate insult to her that you were like, I don't know who you are. Mm. Yeah, and without, I was so impressed with myself because I usually can't lie, but without missing a beat, I was just like, no, I'm really sorry. This happens to me all the time, but I, I had a brain injury and I don't have any memory from anything within like, if it's not within the last six months, I just don't, I'm sorry. Oh who God. are you? And she got so upset. Oh. And I was like, no, listen, it's okay. I have amnesia. And oh my God. So, so Tom, if like after this episode airs, you know, you might like <laughs> tag her in a Twitter post and she's like, I'm sorry, who is this? I don't, I don't remember who you are. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> um, were you again? Look, I aim to leave yeah. such an impression that amnesia all right, won't all right. stop it. So. Daniel, tough one to follow. <laughs> listen, I'm Owen. I'm O for two. Yeah. So I'm back <laughs> okay, to losing right. games. I'm very nervous about this one. Okay, so uh, Tom, go ahead and tell Daniel one or two for his uh, story. We'll go also number one. Oh, she's got the bullshit button ready. Daniel, story number one, please. So uh, back in high school, um, I was actually in a uh, White Stripes cover band called The White Lines. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. How long did you last? Did you sing? Uh, it was just really a high school thing. Once we got graduated, uh, me and my friend, we kind of fell apart. Um, I did sing and actually uh, played the guitar. Did you gig? Uh, I don't have a question. Did you gig? Sorry, what? Did you go touring? Uh, so I did one thing for all my friends at like kind of like a pool house, um, but I also did like a show at a church. Um, it was nothing like big making money, but like we recorded all the uh, songs. I've actually still got them on my computer. Well, name a song title. Uh, any White Stripes song. So fell in love with the girls, Seven Nation Army, like literally oh, all the hits. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, white Stripes. The White the Stripes, Dina. How many people were in the band? It's a two-person band, because there's only two people in the White Stripes. Who is the other person? It was my friend Jenny. All right, time's up. Oh, see, that's, that's such a, like, a, such a simple story that it could be either or. Well, Daniel's pretty simple. <laughs> Dina's just going to call him a liar either way. It doesn't even matter what story <laughs> yeah, he said. She just she's, I don't think she's yeah, ever believed say. his story. She's always like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and say true. Tom can make his decision. I'm going to say true because like almost everyone was in a band at that age, right? Yeah. Like I was, I was a screamer in a band when I was in college. So yeah. almost. <laughs> We're gonna have to touch back on that. <laughs> yeah, let's get, oh, let's yeah, dig up the, the recordings. Oh, the 
the way. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go liar. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Daniel? So the answer is, it was a lie. That was actually yeah, producer yeah, Sean's yeah. truth. So I, I, kinda, uh, I had a that was feeling. Yep. Producer Sean was the one in the, I was just the one in the audience. And, and you didn't tell me you were going to do this. And I, I had to keep it together <laughs> while you were trying to tell my story. <laughs> yep. Yep, Beautiful. I didn't remember a lot of details. The drunk person's name was Emily, by the way, not Jenny. <laughs> I know, I had to throw Jenny on the spot for that. Yeah, Poor I can Emily. tell. Um, we oh, never played God. a church, but we did play some school gymnasiums, and we played some community centers, but never for money. It was always for fun. Nice. And the, the pool house things. he's talking about, that was my 18th birthday, and Emily and I played for like three hours on my birthday. It was incredible. Yep. There was two things that gave it away. When you said church, I was like, hmm, Jewish. And secondly, <laughs> secondly, you can't sing. So. I can't. Yeah, he, that, he that. has no rhythm, cannot play Got an instrument. So nope. that should have been a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am I am not talented. Yeah, I love music. I have no shame, so I sing all the time. But I'm really yeah. bad. Like, not oh, like, oh, hey, he's like, you know, down on himself bad. Like, actually, me too, mate. Really don't worry. Bad. Me too. <laughs> Tom, don't it don't feel bad. Is. You don't know you don't know Daniel enough to know that he's full of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> don't feel bad. That's why we have this. All right. So now that we've gotten to the truth of the matter, we've gotten to the to the lies. Mm-hmm. It is time that we get to put Tom on the spot. Give us a reading, Tom. Wow us. I- I'm so excited because I've gotten to read it and I can't wait for, for everyone else just to get to hear some of these some some stuff. So from these he's he's gonna read a short horror story called Ooh. Cemetery Gates. Mm-hmm. Never oh, even better. Even better. Dina hates horror. I'm so excited. How about a little mood music just yeah. for Dina? Oh, oh I love terrifying it. Terrifying the better. If you get her just to leave the show, so, Tom. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the mic closer <laughs> for this. I'm, I need to do. So I need to do what what my yeah, um, what my Twitter community oh know as my mic voice, and it is the most redeemed point selection on my channel uh, because people love it. They're like it's ASMR, but it's also perfect <laughs> for horror. So I'm gonna take a, a swig of water. I'm excited. Excellent. I'm gonna be nauseous. Okay. It's not that scary, Dina, don't worry. My hands are sweaty. It's fine. I'm scared of everything. It's fine. So, here we go. Cemetery Gates. I don't remember much about it. I can't logically come to reason with it either. Perhaps that is why I'm still here. For most people, it's an accident, an illness, or simply old age. But for me, it was something altogether unexplainable. Funny though, how none of us can talk about it without feeling that dark cloud loom over us, as if discussing it will coerce it to you. Even now, listening to my account, even though I've just started and you've just realised what the discussion is about, you can feel its icy claws drip down the spine. Maybe, just maybe, that isn't all in your head. Have you ever felt dread? I'm talking about pure terror, where you feel like your life is genuinely threatened and you can feel the blood drain from your neck only to be replaced with shivers and heart palpitations. That feeling, what if it isn't in your head? What if the draining feeling is caused by an entity just waiting nearby to drain your life from you, feeding off your fear? After this account, you may feel differently the next time panic grabs you. 
I had sleep problems. I lived alone and suffered with anxiety, which often woke me in the middle of the night. Occasionally, on the nights where the anxiety was the worst, I would take a midnight stroll through the nearby cemetery. I don't know why, but being so close to death and looking over the tombstones calmed me somewhat, as if there were problems bigger than what was in my head. By the time I got back into bed, I felt better and I was able to sleep. This was normal for around a year. Waking up in a cold sweat and panic, getting dressed, heading to the cemetery, then returning home and sleeping the rest of the night through. Then came All Saints' Eve. To clarify, most will know it as Halloween, but where I lived, it was much more common to celebrate All Saints' Eve than All Saints' Day the following morning. It's tradition to head to the cemetery at night and place candles on the graves to ward away evil spirits. I'll be honest, I loved walking through on this night because it looks so beautiful and I can actually read some of the epitaphs through the darkness. My sleep was disturbed as normal that night, but I actually felt excited and sort of relieved that I was able to walk through the cemetery on such a beautiful, yet unusually cold night. After dressing myself in my warm winter coat, I headed out and locked up. It was probably around 1am, although I didn't bother to check. It was usually around that time. As I arrived at the wrought iron gates, I felt an unusual chill course through my veins. Shrugging it off, I pushed the gates and they wailed open for me. That high-pitched squeal always made me shudder. It was loud and shrill, and the gates were heavy, so it moaned on for far too long. When I set foot inside, the sky darkened. It sounds crazy, but I swear, passing those gates clouded everything. It was as if someone had erased the moon. My only light source were the thousands of candles littering the hundreds of graves around me. The graveyard was beautiful. Every stone was more like a coffin, a stone or marble cuboid with a unique and intricate headstone at one end, more than I cared to count, all lying in rows, so peaceful, so tidy. There looked to be at least ten, if not twenty candles of all shapes and sizes and colours on each grave. Some had burnt out already, most were still whispering away, flickering in the icy breeze. In the dim light, I could see a floor of mist biting at my boots, freezing my toes. As I stepped lightly, respectfully between the tombstones, I noticed that something wasn't right. I'm certain that's when the temperature dropped by 10 degrees. It was either that, or the feeling of dread we spoke about earlier. It was only when reading an epitaph, Marielle Novak, a loving mother, sister and aunt, 10.01.1911 to 15.04.1991, that I realised what was off. The candles, they were all floating, just by half a centimetre, but they were all floating. I recoiled, I shivered in the mist and continued on my way, increasing in pace. This walk was the first time my anxiety was actually getting worse. Call me odd, but floating candles freak me out, especially when they all begin to rise around me and at different speeds and at different heights. I stopped, aghast, thousands of candles floating, some several metres off the ground. I turned on my heels and broke into a terrified run back toward the gates, but as I looked up, I saw nothing but absolute void beyond them. No street lights, no road, just blackness. I squinted hard while keeping my pace and pressed on, and surely it's just my eyesight with all these candles and nothing else. Then I stopped. You might wonder why. What could possibly stop me in my tracks as I was driven forward by fear and adrenaline? My heart was pounding so hard I could hear it, although it wasn't my heart I could hear. A sudden gust of frozen air blasted through the cemetery, extinguishing every flicker of light and my hope. I heard them all collapse around me, thousands of plastic, glass and metal candle holders falling to the ground and shattering from end to end across the hallowed grounds. I could see nothing, 
not even the gates in front of me. With my vision gone and the winter air inhibiting my sense of smell, all I could do was listen, shuffling my feet slowly forward to the music of my boots scraping the cobblestone. I began to hear more sounds join the orchestra of fright that performed its piece for me. Scratches, howls, growls and rumbles all played their part. This was a dream. A freakish nightmare, I thought. I tried waking up, but I couldn't. For some unknown reason, I bent down to punch the concrete floor and felt my knuckle crack as it came into contact with the cobbles. Pain seared through my hand and up my arm and I yelped out. I felt the warmth of my own blood drip down my fingers and realised this was no dream. Of course, my fingers. Touch, I can feel my way out of here. Almost as soon as I had that thought, I regretted it. Not only could I feel my own sticky blood, but I also opened up my senses to whatever else was blowing past me. Was it the wind? It feels too heavy to be nothing but a gust. As it passed, I heard grumbles, almost whispers. I spun on my heels several times, clawing the darkness, trying to find something, anything to grab onto. Salty tears began to run down my face, almost burning my face in the cold. As I squinted and scrambled about, I felt something big and heavy knock into my shoulder, nearly taking me off my feet. I kept my footing and threw a punch into the void. Then my eyes began to adjust to the darkness. I could make out the outlines of headstones in my periphery. As I noticed this, I felt something else run down my neck. It was warm and gloopy. It wasn't the feeling of terror, but that did accompany it. I turned once more and took in the last sight I would ever see in my living life. I looked it in the eyes. The fleeting moment of coming face to face with it dragged out for what felt like an eternity. Unfortunately, I can give it no other description than death. <laughs> Dina, how are we feeling there, bud? I heard it. I heard <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry, Tom. I was stifling my laughter the entire time, not because your story was funny, but because I was watching Dina. Yes. I, I had to not look over at Dina. Your writing is sensational. <laughs> two, two things. Two things. I every time I made the mistake of making eye contact, it was just as he looked at the camera too, and I was like, oh my fuck, he knows, he knows, he knows. And then, secondly, my god sister's last name is oh. Novak, and that scared the absolute piss out of me. I don't oh like my god! Wow. So don't what? Like that it. was so good. You know what precautionary measures did you take during that story? I saw you get your blanket, <laughs> close the door. What else did we do? I closed the door. I got my sword. I'm fucking ready to go. I'm not fucking playing. <laughs> I don't fucking like it. I can't do fear. Oh I don't like fear. You want to know what one of my favorite parts was? It, like just oh, because of the timing of it, because we had the horror music going, and so when he talks about opening the wrought iron gate, that happened to be right at yeah. the part in the music yes. where it was like, creak. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh my, perfect. that was so good. Like I'm so used to like, I, you know, my only experience with you is the fantasy stuff so far, mm. and those are amazing. But that book was like, I had goosebumps, man. That was so ah, good. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much. Um, I used to write a lot of horror I'm short sweating. stories. I've got several on Creepypasta. Um, I, I just enjoy, I get these little ideas for, uh, for some reason, horror, only horror, but like I can never turn them into full length stories. So I just write short stories um, with horror and I've got, I've got about five now, I think, 
they're all in a public drive. They're available for anyone to read. Um, I, I'll post a link again to Twitter. Like, well, there you go. So this, we're, but, um, we're, yeah, that's awesome. We'll include a link in the description. Thanks, mate. Man. Oh man. I mean, listen, you're about like anthology level. You just get a couple more and you can just have your own little short story <laughs> anthology, man. Sure. Fucking could. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> Well, now that we've uh, thoroughly terrified Dina, it is time <laughs> for getting to know Tom. This is where we get deep in there. We get to we get we get to extract all of your your innermost secrets, and in no way ask you ridiculous inane questions. So, Dina, let's strip away the man. Let's get Tom on display. You don't actually have to take off your shirt, Tom. Oh, sorry. Strip I was... the man, strip away the man, just depends. Either or. <laughs> Need a couple more scotches first, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> I need another drink. Oh, no. Am I out? Oh, no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, no. And this is why we day drink on the weekends. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I woke up at 6 a.m. today. What? Yeah, we usually don't record at noon well noon yeah, for me i'm gonna say pacific standard time but you're, we're all, uh, you're tom is drinking uh, for me, so. eight hours ahead of me so we had to yeah you know any excuse to drink during the day buddy i'm, I'm all i'm all for it yeah we're, we're all in british time right now so let's 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 drink to that um <laughs> yeah hey. hey let's all go to the pub <laughs> eh? um, yep <laughs> okay time for my questions Fucker, jeez Louise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, <clears throat> I was watching oh, one of your older streams or whatever because I don't understand Twitch and apparently not everything is always live. <laughs> so, shout out, Zoe. Um, Video on demand. You Dina. mentioned something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so bad with technology. <laughs> So you mentioned something about olives, and I wanted to know if there was like a war there that we need to be involved in. Yes. So I need more on that. Yes. So um, the the war is olives, yes or no? That is the question that everybody in my stream gets. Um, your answer doesn't affect how welcomed you are into the stream. It just affects who you are welcomed by. Um, so because I am quarter Italian and I was, I was raised uh, by an Italian, essentially, I have a very strong connection with my Italian side. And uh, therefore, I love olives. I mean, that's not the sole reason. I just think they taste great. Um, but many of my mods hate olives with a passion. Um, so it's if you like olives... You're on my side. Great. Love you. But if you hate olives, the mods will favor you. So, you know, either or, either or it's fine. But yeah, we, we had a, we had a Twitter poll about it. Olives, literally the poll was olives question mark. And the two options were yes, no. Um, and yes, one by 62%. And definitely not because I have a small group of, uh, Spaniards who inherently love olives to, to vote on it. That's definitely not why we won, but you know, we won. That's all that matters. So <laughs> he went and hired a bunch of Twitter bots to answer his vote. Yeah, no, no, they're real people. Sure. They're the SNFC. Wait, so Daniel? I feel like we need to go around and say, <laughs> yeah. Dina, how do you feel about olives? I love all olives. Yeah, because I'm on Tom's side. Daniel. I'm pretty anti-olive, man. No, no, I, so this is why I'm the new kind of oh, oh But like, if given the option, if given the option, I, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
This is now the Olive <laughs> Show with Tom and Dean. Exactly. This is the. Yes. Um, it's the Olive Show with Dean and Tom. I'm pretty indifferent about like olives. Like a- I, I I don't like eat eating olives straight, but I like them on like sliced black olives on pizza. I'm a fan of that. I I could. I can enjoy a good dirty martini, but I'm 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 not either or. This is another one of those cilantro things, by the way, and I will yep. drink to that. Um, olives are very, very polarizing. It's another 50-50 thing. You either love or love them or hate them. But they do say that opposites attract, right? If you don't like olives, exactly. you'll probably end up with someone who does yeah, like olives. The olive theory is based on my friends Marshall and Lily. He hates olives. She loves them. And in a weird way, that's what makes them such a great couple. Perfect balance. So okay, but uh, now I, I've got a quick, I quickly got to ask cilantro, yes or no? I eat yes for me. It's coriander yeah. there. Oh shit! Rapid fire. It's in my eye. It's in my eye. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Did Dina just go blind <laughs> oh, no. on our show? Didn't your mouth's a bit lower, mate? I'll just go ahead and say that's what she said. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I'm sorry. In the midst of that chaos, I didn't hear your answer. Coriander, <laughs> yay or nay? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I I love all sorts of um, coriander yellow. That's what she said. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Oh my god! god. Damn it. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> this is my public declaration. Oh my god! I'm actually going blind. <laughs> Little did you know, Tom, it's actually you're on my show now because Dina's going to lose her vision. She's just blind now. So. Listen, if we call emergency services in Florida, they're just going to say something else more important is happening than you going blind. So. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amnesia and blindness. So. Dina, your, your occupation relies on your sight. You can't, you can't be throwing alcohol into your eyes like that. <laughs> your mouth is lower, mate. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> That might be the uh, the promo tag for uh, this episode. We do a little clip. Um. I think I'm good. No, guys, I'm completely rebranding this episode as the Olive Show with Dina and Tom. Yes. Oh, yes. We're going to have yes, Olive in I'm going to do a, a different song, different logo. We're going to publish it just like this, but... I love the, it. the Olive Show We'll podcast. just cut that in like, right at that point where I got cut off from the show earlier. Like, we'll just remove me then just change the whole background mm. <laughs> <laughs> just a giant olive just have like falling <laughs> olives in the background yeah all falling olives olive. yeah that's cool dress yeah. up as olives yeah just one olive is fine too is there a giant green olive snapchat filter we can just put over <laughs> daniel's face <laughs> oh. Oh that's incredible though i love that you're you and your mods though like fight about this that's that's actually even better that mm. makes me a lot happier yeah i don't like that they don't take a side and i need like an aggressive stance from you tom okay an aggressive what about olives if you're not with me you're against me yeah <laughs> Yeah, I need you to yeah. make a declaration right here, okay. right now. I need I okay, need a me. message from you, Tom, to anyone who doesn't like olives, to the people out there like me. Okay. Well, if you don't like olives, you're wrong, and you should like olives. Simple as that. Simple as that. <laughs> that 
was so fucking polite. No, I was going to say that was the most polite. <laughs> I need some fire. I'm British. I can't help it. All right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We, we just discovered something here. Daniel, rebuttal. Uh, well, listen, I like things that aren't bitter and have giant pits in them. I just want to be able to eat my food and enjoy it deliciously. Tom, rebuttal. Wait, uh, here's the thing. Oh. You, you can get you can get pitted olives that don't have pits in them, and they're not necessarily bitter. It depends green or black olives. You can get queen olives, which are don't really lose. quite nice. So, let me ask you this: because you want to know what I, you want to know what happens in America here, Tom? We put we put if I can't put it on a hot dog, then I don't want it. Am I going to put olives on a hot dog, Tom? Am I? I would. Am I going to have I it would. at the game? Am I going to put some olives on a hot? dog? <laughs> yeah, I put olives on a hot dog. I absolutely would. Get like the big queen olives, slice them up. A, you can like... put a tapenade on a hot dog. That would be nice. Yeah. A tapenade with yeah. some mustard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a poll question. Would you put olives on a hot dog? I'm doing it. I'm doing mm. it right now. Olives on a hot would. dog? Question mark. Two answers. Yes and yes. Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay wait so can we do the non-british version of that question sure. sure all right daniel why the fuck would you not eat an olive they're <laughs> fucking amazing what the fuck is wrong with you how american was that that was the non-polite version <laughs> that was oh. the aggressive bullying version my of tummy the hurts <laughs> Marco. Right, this should yeah. go well <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. You already found your host, Dina. I'm just, I'm just here to fill out the, my final <laughs> obligation. One hundred percent. I wish I bought a bowl it's of olives on now. The Olive Show with Dina and Tom. Dina, you have more questions to ask the man. Okay, All right, I'm, I'm done being bullied. <laughs> Okay. Listen, this is the Olive Show. We can just talk about olives the whole time. Mm. Um, yeah, so how do you take your martini? No, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, what is the most embarrassing text you have ever sent? Oh, man. The most embarrassing text well, I've ever sent. Well, he did DM me you up, babe. Probably. Like at three in the morning. <laughs> Apart. Well, well, I'm kidding. I wasn't going to mention that one, but now that one. Um, but it was probably um, it was probably around uh, Christmas, and uh, I was at school. I was like a 15 year old kid, and I texted the girl I liked with, "Hey, is my New Year's resolution to have a girlfriend?" would you like to be the girlfriend? And she never responded. And when I saw her in school oh, the next day, oh, uh, no. she was like, that text. And I was like, yeah, I was, uh, oh, mm, no. I was drinking. <laughs> That's probably it. That's probably the most embarrassing. <laughs> I said I was drinking. 15 year old me took God. a shot. 15 year old me tried. Dina always brings up like, Traumatic. Things that need therapy <laughs> afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a whole conversation. What was your most embarrassing like elementary school like memory? And all of us just going around being rejected by women. And Dina's like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm here to break people. <laughs> That's fine. I'm happy with that. That's Dina's Honestly, tagline. I need, yeah, yeah. I'm, I probably need therapy. It's right. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> um, 
a hot dog. Oh, we're talking about mm. olives on hot dogs. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Full circle, Ooh. baby. Is is a hot dog yep, a sandwich? All the way around. Now, um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, by default, no, because technically it's within one slice of bread. There's not a slice of bread each side of it. The hot dog is joined at the bottom, and therefore it's one slice of bread wrapped around the meat, which makes it not a sandwich, but indeed a hot dog. Oh, okay. Have you been asked this before? Hold on. <laughs> There are many there are many sandwiches that are served on rolls though that are not cut all the way through. So how where's the line? I don't know a sandwich that's not cut. A cheesesteak, a hoagie, a po boy. I don't know what any of those words is mean. A cheesesteak a sandwich. Of course it is. <laughs> hey, by the, sorry, side note, is Dina's <laughs> audio messed up for anyone? Yeah, yeah Dina's, Dina's mic's mic is I, I like that argument, though. Tom. So like, that's a solid. A hot dog mm. as a sandwich is like one of the greatest paradoxes of our time because yes. there's arguments both ways, and mm-hmm. no one can actually come up with a real answer yep. to that question. Mm-hmm. It's Schrodinger, um, the, it's not served between two slices of bread is a solid argument. However, there are a lot of sandwiches that are not served between two slices of bread. There are. There are. So and I think it's one of those situations where it's like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's sandwich. It's yes. both a sandwich and not a sandwich at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I, ca- I can't think of a re- rebuttal to the uh, other sandwiches. I know that you've been staring long and passionately into Tom's eyes so far. They are pretty dreamy. <laughs> Do you have any more questions for my man? I guess not because I took too long because my mic died, so... Let's try this again. Dina, do you have any more questions possibly about tattoos for our guy? Can I see your tattoos, please? Oh, my God. So we did see, we we totally stalked your profile picture, and we think we saw Mm, a link on your arm. You did. You did. So I am going to start with the other arm because I'm going to tease you for a little bit. Um, So I have many tattoos that I love. So uh, I have my Viking dude. I'm not going to say that. And I have my uh, dragon and I have my music one that I designed myself and a friend drew up for me. Uh, There's there's five different artists there with a classical influence because I love all sorts of music. Uh, There are my charity ones on my forearm as well. So each one of these was done for a different charity, um, which the tattoo parlors were collecting for. Hey, cool. Uh, And then when I went to Sweden, I got a Vegvasir done here as well, which is a compass, uh, like a Viking compass. Um, And then my favorite piece, which isn't quite done yet, but I am booking in to, to get it completed uh but i have a legend of zelda tattoo sleeve um here which uh, this is going to be redone but um yeah so this is this is the dude majora's mask looks so cool it's amazing right like my tattoo artist um is is incredible like the way she makes colors pop is just so unreal um that's yeah. so high quality. Holy cow. So. Well done, man. Oh, the, I love the pixelated heart. Yeah, so I really yeah, can't wait to get it for, finished. For folks listening on audio only, 
for, for the folks listening on audio only, I mean, these are some incredibly wow. high quality things. He's actually just taken off his shirt. He's doing the rest of his shirt, uh, the show <laughs> topless. But for the folks at home listening on He's YouTube. spinning it over his head. It's really hot. <laughs> no. Yeah. So definitely you should be watching the We YouTube. will be doing a full professional photo shoot of <laughs> topless Tom yeah. and his tattoos. And we'll post that on Instagram. Yeah, that's going to be part of our, uh, our artist calendar. Falling on it. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> the olives calendar i'll be in a bucket in a giant bucket of olives just throwing oh them over God. myself why not man That's, oh my god yep. you're a visionary I mean, but like That's i it. love that because like this is what every woman wants <laughs> like i just think it's so cool that like we're at this like stage in society where we can just proudly have just these badass like gamer tattoos like and you have all their like meaningful ones too but it's just like mm-hmm. i can't even imagine like people you know even 20 years ago like going that route and it's just like all of us are like fuck yeah that's awesome you know yeah yeah i love it i love yeah. it i want a tattoo get one man i gotta get a tattoo. Get loads. i mean i'll tell you this as someone who has a lot of tattoos uh most people think it's cool but then you'll get some people that are like Aren't you worried about when you're like 80? And I'm like, no, I'll be a badass 80 year old man if I'm alive. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get to 80 and then be like, oh, I didn't get a tattoo and enjoy my life because I was worried what I'd look like now at the end of my life. Like, I want to live and enjoy my life, so I'm going to get tattoos that I love. And if I regret them later, oh well, I enjoyed them for a time. It's not like you're going to be 80. Gotta go get a tattoo. (laughs) It's not like you're going to be 80 and suddenly be like, you know what? I didn't like Legend of Zelda after all. Turns out. I totally hated regret it. this. Yeah. Hate it. it was awful <laughs> game. Old as a bitch, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So we're going to transition to the, the author question, you know, portion of this. And, you know, we're going to get to talk about your books, uh, you know, maybe some of your Twitch. We'll uh, maybe even get into some of the charity stuff. And, and I'm really excited about this one because – First of all, like I, as you guys know, I'm a huge fantasy nerd. I love any of this type of stuff. And and you gave me a lot of really unique things in your, you know, universe with uh, Naesis. Is Naesis, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Perfect. Um, and, and, and the first thing that I noticed is you have all of these different races on the planet. They're all unique. They're all have different government structures. And, and there are, you know, a lot of times in fantasy, I think people can get caught up in well, I have to have elves and dwarves and maybe some orcs in there. And you went in a completely different direction with the races that inhabit your world. Can you tell me a little bit about like the inspiration and just kind of like how the race creation came about for each of these uh, societies? Yes. So um, basically I knew early on that I wanted to write a fantasy. Um, I was going into the sort of the tracks of high fantasy, like uh, the Tolkien universe um, and things like that. But I knew that I didn't want the traditional like elves, dwarves, orcs, as you say, like goblins, like all the, all the established things. I wanted to make something new. I wanted to make something unique, something that is, that is mine. Um, And the races that I've created um, in particular, they're, they're not like readers will notice that they're not totally unique because, you know, there's the argument that is anything unique anymore. Um, so the Forsaken are essentially oh. just undead, but they have their own sort of mechanics, their own, the way they work and all that. Um, 
the Marusai are essentially just an amphibious creature. So they, they dwell mainly underwater, but they come on land as well. Um, and then the Corcrenus, which are just like giant earth demons, like all those things have kind of been done before. Um, so there's inspiration drawn from those, but I wanted to write something that wasn't like, you know, if I, if I wrote elves, it would be the stereotypical elves that are very beautiful, very intelligent, very snooty, very like, you know, um, uh ingrained in their selves and, and they don't care about any other races and if i did dwarves they'd be like in the mountains you know because that's that's just that just seems to be the norm and i didn't want to do another carbon copy of of what's been out i wanted to explore more and i wanted to create more essentially so um i i did some races that aren't really familiar to to people like um so uh, like i said the the amphibious marusai and uh the undead forsaken and the, the earth demon called Krenus, i wanted to do something that i could explore without them fitting an already established archetype so that's why i went for for those unique races and and, and i think that's amazing because actually it, it, you were touching on it earlier with the forsaken because that was one of the ones that stuck out to me because i mean we've seen so many different variants on undead and undead warriors and you know usually they're always the bad guys and to an extent they can be at times in your in your stories but you did some very unique things with them that i would say are non-traditional for you know the undead legion so to speak do you want to talk to me a little bit about the forsaken mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Forsaken are essentially um, a race. So the, the way the universe works, if someone dies, they go to the goddess of death, who's called Kanas, um, and she ferries their soul across to the afterlife. Um, the very first Forsaken was a Forsaken king that was so... Uh, he was Sorry, he was a human king that was so... Um, on his task, he he wanted to accomplish his mission so much that not even death stopped him. So he had an argument with a goddess, essentially, and he won and he reclaimed his soul back. But at a cost, it, he didn't become a human again. He was an undead. He had crimson eyes. He had an inhuman lifespan. He had barely any feeling anymore. Um, you know, it, he, he didn't fatigue. He didn't need sleep. He didn't hunger, anything like that. Um, he was essentially a soul in a human body, in a jar, as it were. Um, and he learned how to bring others back as well who had just transitioned. Um, so with the Forsaken, their, their inhumanly long lifespan gives them a different perspective over the world. You know, many of them have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So they have a very different perspective on how, of how the world works. The, the naivety of hope has almost gone with them and they look at things in a much more realistic way. Um, and they're bored. They're living for hundreds of years, they're bored. They often do things just for amusement, you know. So they're a very interesting sort of, I would say, chaotic race to write. Um, and my favorite characters that I do write are the Forsaken characters. So I really enjoy them. Yeah, I was going to say, Dean is definitely Forsaken. That, that's 100% right yep. there. <laughs> <laughs> I am complete chaos. I am chaos. <laughs> Captain Nirvana will be your uh, favorite character. I think that chaos incarnate. Yeah, I was gonna say the captain's going to be yes. your favorite character for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to read it. And, and, and like, so, like that's what I like is when there's a little bit of kind of subverting the expectations. And you know, one of the things that I think was really interesting is that all of your leaders, your kings, your leaders of these different groups, 
they're very hands-on. Because usually when I read stories from perspectives, it's more the political machinations where they're like, all right, I'm going to send you out to do this. But, you know, in the first book, King Eris III, he's like, listen, I'm I'm rolling out here. I'm going to do this diplomacy by myself, basically. And mm-hmm. all the leaders, uh, you know, they're not hiding behind the throne and using cat's paws. They, they're out in front, not necessarily always in battle, even though they do fight, but just in the actual inner workings of the world, was that a conscious choice that you really wanted to present your leaders differently? Yeah, that, that kind of aligns with my internal beliefs anyway, that leaders should lead from the front, right? We, we all experience it in workplaces. We've all been in a job where the boss is someone who just likes to sit there and tell everyone else what to do and doesn't do anything themselves. And it's very frustrating. We, we've all been in jobs like that. We can all, we all know people that have been in jobs like that. Um, we've also, many of us have been in jobs where the leaders, the, the bosses are hands-on and they show you what to do and they do it with you. And we all know it makes for such a much more enjoyable work experience. Um, it's a better place to be. The boss tends to be like a nicer person. Um, so I just wanted to translate that to my leaders, that they're leaders because they lead, not because they command. So that's that's the thing there. And, and, and I think that was really like fun and, and an interesting kind of uniqueness to the story. Um, and, you know, one of the other things, and I'd be remiss, especially now that I know some of the, you know, you're, you're into Final Fantasy, you're into, uh, you know, Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite kind of in-world creatures was your kitelings. Talk to me about mm-hmm. their inspiration and kind of what went about with that. Because I love, you know, our boy Violet Wing, you know. <laughs> yeah, so Kitelings were definitely inspired by Chocobos from Final Fantasy, 100%. Um, I wanted a type of uh, a steed like a horse, but that could also fight as well. Um, so instantly I go to Chocobos and Final Fantasy because they're amazing, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just use them as an inspiration to draw up something that was similar, a bird that goes on two legs with a razor sharp beak um, that can also fight. Uh, that are also, you know, birds are much more, mu- sorry, let me start again. Birds are very intelligent creatures as we know. So a kiteling is also very intelligent. Yeah. A kiteling can understand its, its owner's um, needs and desires and respond to them. So I think the, it was really interesting to write a dynamic between kiteling and their master type thing um which which was really fun and it, it's it's just more interesting to write than horses as well not that i don't like, like i love horses as well but you know it's just interesting to write this dynamic as well where where did the you know we talked about like the different kind of races and, and giving us something new but where the overall inspiration like where did this story begin in your head when you first you know just had that aha moment you're like this this could be something mm-hmm. So when I was about 16 years old, I had a dream and I am a very active dreamer. My dreams are wild, crazy adventures. Um, And I had this dream and it wasn't much. It was just like a small, like new world type thing that I wrote 10 chapters of. And unfortunately, I deleted them and I wish I hadn't because they were terrible they were beautifully terrible and i wish i could look back on them and laugh at myself um but that world that i created wasn't nasus at the time that was that was on earth it was set in the future with all these different races still in it um it was a very different story uh i was unhappy with it so i broke it down to its foundations rebuilt it from scratch taking all the elements i loved and omitting all the stuff that was rubbish um, and I rebuilt Nasus from those foundations and it took about 10 years to plan and write the first book. So it was, it was quite a while in the making, but yeah, it all came from a dream. 
Same. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if that's not like... That's the best books that come from a dream, Yeah, that's though. not like just the, the yeah. most uh, creative part of... Uh, <laughs> um, so... Mm-hmm. If you had it your way and, you know, the, the, the sales and the interest and everything comes through, you know, what kind of uh, length do you see for your series here? So the Age of Reckoning itself is just a trilogy. It's a three part. It's it focuses on one specific period of time within the world. But the if everything went as I would love it to um, it would be a universe akin to the Star Wars Extended Universe, you know, akin to the Tolkien Universe. It would be a huge expanded thing that isn't written just by me, but is also written by fans, you know, that is, that is then approved. Like, this is amazing. This can be approved. This is part of the universe. Stuff that's stuff that becomes more than just me as an author. It, it kind of takes on a, a mind of itself and becomes its own entity. And people are starting to talk about the word of Nasus. And, you know, I'm just a... I'm just the the spark that lit the flame, you know, but it's, it's burning brightly by itself and everyone's into it and contributing to it. And it's like, I just want this awesome community of people that just love the universe as much as I do. And, and people that even share their ideas with me about the universe. And I could say to them, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, like something I've not, fo- I've not thought about, but someone would go, what if this happened uh, at this time? And I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I would say that's canon. And you know, like that kind of thing. I just want this huge community of, of people to just love it as much as I do. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I love, okay, I'm sorry. So it sounds like uh, you just asked you. your new co-host Dina to uh, write a spinoff for you on, in the, uh, yeah. in the universe. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, do it. I'll do it. I'll be your first fanfic. Yeah, listen, yes. I'll, if I ever write yes. a fanfic for you, Thomas, I'm definitely going to put some uh, bunny rabbits and rainbows on the Queen of Undead's armor because I felt like mm-hmm. that was a missed opportunity okay. in your. Yeah. <laughs> so Try it. Do, do I, it's now canon. Yeah. No, I'm going to actually take it seriously because I respect him and Daniel doesn't respect no, you. No, so. this was a line from his book. This was I'm, a line from his book the that I quoted. All right. You know what, Daniel? It was. It was. You know what, Daniel? He's my world now. Oh. You know what, Dina? <laughs> Dina, what? Daniel read The Age of Reckoning <laughs> Volume 1 and 2, okay? Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I was planning on buying it tonight. I just have to get time. You're the one. You said you didn't read it like 10 minutes Tom ago. Tom is my I world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're right on our way to a love dodecahedron, Daniel. <laughs> dodecahedron's coming. Yes. Um, all right. So I got yeah. one more question for in the universe because one of the most interesting <laughs> things that I saw in the books, and I'm trying to find the right way to to, to word it. Um, in a lot of fantasy stories, I would say that it's about a character living in the world and going through. So, like you know, if it's uh, you know Patrick Rothfuss, it's you know quotes story, right? And even though there's a lot of just colorful, interesting characters from all the different races, it's not necessarily as much about any of the individual characters or their journey. It's about the world in the time period. And I feel like you kind of take us out and give us that broader view of everything that's going on. And I thought that was really different. Was that a, you know, a creative choice that you went for in this? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted the story to be not about one or two individuals. I wanted it to be about the world itself, to tell everyone about the world and show people what this world is about. I mean, you look at anything in history and things don't always go right for people. Kings die in battles, you know, like things happen, like people don't have plot armor in real life. And I wanted to 
make it relatable in that sort of sense that you know you're you're reading an active living realistic world that people aren't safe that there, there isn't a main character that is safe forever there isn't this this whole overarching of of one person fixing the whole world you know it's it's a team effort from a lot of different people and some of those people just don't make it and you know that's that's what would happen in reality so that was that was my direction there i wanted to sort of make it relatable to people in the real world and not give people this like sometimes i read like that's that's a trope you were talking about tropes in a previous episode and the one i hate is the unrealistic plot armor i hate that i hate characters that survive a situation they shouldn't survive like just because just because they're the main character i i, I hate that and and for me as you would know as you would know as well daniel that i don't i don't do that i don't do plot armor if someone is no, in a bad no, situation <laughs> they won't make it through so dina doesn't know <laughs> Dina, you will you will know. You will know shortly. Hashtag Dina doesn't know. You'll know short you'll know before you write the fanfic yep. at least. I will. Yeah, exactly. Like I like I, like I was trying to say it and I'm not gonna say it in any spoilers, but at the end of book one, um that was a bold and unexpected choice, and no one is saved by plot mm. armor. Great, you just spoiled the whole thing for <laughs> yeah. me. Oh no, that's am right. I gonna cry? It's Peter Sean's book cry? all over again. Maybe <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. We're going to have to edit all of this out. No, I didn't give anything away. Yes, you did, because now I know that I'm going to be devastated. You like unhappy endings, okay? I do. I love them. You love horror. Fuck everybody up. (laughs) (laughs) The seat? There you go. She loves horror. Yep. (laughs) All right, man. Like I said, I could talk about this for, for hours. So for the sake of just being, you know, cognizant of your time here, we are going to get on to our off-the-wall question portion. Mm-hmm. Dina, did you do your homework this time? I did my homework this time, just for my new co-host. It's <laughs> all <laughs> about the olives. It is all about the olives. Do I have to go hold first? On, hold on, hold on. Quick olive all update. Right. Quick olive update, everybody. Oh, okay. Um, olives on a hot dog. 88.9% says no. <laughs> Oh man, Tom, we're gonna have to die on this hill. I'm disappointed. That's all I can Getting say. On that hill, Everyone Listen, that voted this no. Is what I need Tom to do. Disappointed in you. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Open your mind. Have olives. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Man. That was more aggressive. We like it. You know what? Tom is so polite, but when he tells me he's disappointed in me, I, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, it, it hurt. <laughs> Tom, like, oh. this is what we're gonna need you to do tomorrow. I need you to go out and get a hot dog, put some olives on it, and just take like a fleet of you, just like downing mm. it. Oh yeah, I, and we'll be I, posting that. that. Yeah, I, I will try and find somewhere that sells hot dogs. You know, it, they, they, they're not that common here, sadly. I probably yeah, have to make my own. You Wait. know, a sausage will suffice. Yeah. A sausage will suffice. I'll do a sausage in a bun. Full circle? Uh, no, wait, I forgot. Oh yeah, full circle? OnlyFans jokes don't go... They don't... They're, they're irrelevant. Yeah. 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 Don't try right, to so- start an OnlyFans where you eat olives on hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, I'd describe I'll it. just give the people what they want. Yeah, exactly. Just him shirtless, like he was already earlier in the episode, and uh, and still is still, sir- On the still table, shirtless, swinging his shirt. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually got all of juice. He, he he's just poured all of juice yeah. all over his body to make the muscles glue. Nope. It's really hot. <laughs> Visualize that, listeners. <laughs> what can I say? Right. People so, pleaser. All right, I got a two-parter for you. Oh, in your mind, it's very British. 
Because <laughs> I won't, I won't make you go favorite. But who would you say is the most badass Final Fantasy character of all time? Sephiroth, without a doubt. Just the biggest ass kicker. Sephiroth. Sephiroth, 100%. Good answer. All right, now now I've got a part two for you. Sephiroth v. Link. How's this go down? Who wins? Uh Uh-oh. Sephiroth probably would because Sephiroth has no fucking morals about anything. He would just slice link down in his link's like oh i'll be all courageous and i've got the master sword and sephiroth's like that only seals ganon you bitch i'm gonna i've got a 70 foot katana that i'm gonna slice you up with (laughs) even like breath of the wild link yeah with all his abilities you don't think he could stand up a master sword versus a like 70 foot katana sephiroth can slice buildings in half mate i've never seen link do that he can't cut a tree (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> why you gotta play me like that sean why you gotta play me like that <laughs> we have to have at least one obligatory dina raptor per episode just like wait are we gonna go through and like do like the emotions like a sad raptor is like not during like, this session but we will we will do oh, a we'll separate a session full. where we have the entire spoken language of dina raptor mm. recorded Actually, you know what you okay. know what tom tom could you give me your Velociraptor sound? Your best Velociraptor? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was like a that, that was like a, Velora, a Velociraptor and a Chihuahua. Mm. Velociraptor. That was awesome. Growled. What the fuck? That was. We got more soundboard material now. Oh, God. oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Dina, hit us. What do we got? What's our off the wall? Your character fights. Oh, pick like one character from your book to fight Link, and then tell me why and who wins. Okay, so it's going to have to be Captain Lavana because she's my baby, and she would fight Link because and Dina, you will, and Dina's favorite character, mm, you will love I her. Was just about to say, yeah, mm-hmm. because she is so she enjoys the warm spray of blood on her face she physically revels in it she she is just without without morals with her she loves the spray in her face she's without morals she's without any kind of like i don't know what i'm trying to fucking say she's um yeah she she would she would (laughs) she would smash link up she would fuck him up (laughs) <laughs> she's she has started some serious shit in these books yeah. just because she was bored she's like you know yeah. what i just want to go out and murder some shit yeah <laughs> i woke up That's today me. and i I've chose had, like, violence i've had a very kind of like low-key week and i just woke up today and i was like you know what i need to do something it's not going well for so link in this podcast I, is it i relate man i thought for <laughs> no, sure you would guy. be a 100 percent link backer but, oh, uh, I fucking love yeah. Link. But, uh, I guess you need a Sephiroth tattoo now. I too. That's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> My entire leg. <laughs> okay. Yeah, your whole leg. It's got to be bigger than a Link tattoo for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so again, guys, just just to be just to be clear, because I feel like if you don't want to read these, these books by now, like, I, do you have a pulse? Like, are you forsaken? Like, I don't get it. You can find the Age of Reckoning online at any place that you can buy books you can get it on amazon we'll have links in the description it's even on audible which i was super excited about you're our first author that's got an audiobook version of their book yeah so daniel could not have to read it and just listen to it i was driving the second <laughs> one i had to read 
<laughs> um, I'm actually recording the second one. Oh, you are? Oh. Mm. Well, yeah, you yeah, didn't I'm, do it in time oh, for the episode. I know. I'm I'm only on like chapter nine. Oh, wait, did he say he was holding it? Did I not hear I've it? Got, I'm I'm recording the, the second audiobook um because I had oh, some wait, feedback. Did he say he was holding so it or editing it? You recorded your own audible version of your book. That's so amazing. The the second one, yeah, not the first one. But the, the so second one I'm doing right now. Voice. Hold up. Mm. Oh, you Listen, didn't the do the first one. one. Are, yeah, are yeah. you're reading it? I'm reading the second one, yes. Um I'm, I was I'm doing the second ASMR one. Myself, voice, yeah. like... It will be much like You are this. doing mic voice on it, though, right? Yes, That'll be my... this will be my voice. Yes! Be my voice <laughs> the voice that makes chairs vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dina felt that oh, one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep, yep, she felt that one. Um, I don't want to talk about it. So, Tom, uh, normally we would it. ask you to do story time with us but we've gone on so long already so i'm going to ask you to save a story for when you come back on to promote yes. book three okay. of your series damn it i know um I know. but you will not escape having to read some bad erotica perfect so, all right so this is going to be coming over uh in one second mm-hmm. this is this is one that i am so excited because you're gonna hate yourself by the end of it but oh, it yeah. is gonna be beautiful you might hate me more than i hate myself by the end of it so oh no i i just can't wait for this to be done mm-hmm. in the um freaking uh asmr voice oh it's gonna be i'm already preparing <laughs> the this, microphone uh, this is the first erotic reading i'm looking forward to yeah <laughs> really and, you know, as a background, guys, we don't hate authors. We don't hate anyone. These are the be- the worst romance novels. Uh, there's a award every They're year. reading ahead, Tom. Read it cold. And uh, it is Ed King by no David Gutterson from 2011. Number nine on this list. Please take it away, Tom. <clears throat> she gave him this particular sign, this clear permission and he began a careful prodding of her perineum, which was as good a starting place as any for Diane, because it instigated the processes of memory her sexuality required. It triggered memories with the uncanny force of deja vu, and what she thought of as Ed slaved away was a boy from her village who had fingered her adroitly in a greenhouse thick with green tomatoes. The boy in the greenhouse was flawlessly adolescent and shockingly beautiful. And in his innocent way, he'd made her come resoundingly. Apollo with his modest marble membrum virile, otherwise known in her village as a skin flute. The memory sparkled as Ed intently suckled. They were both on their left sides now, Ed behind, where he'd pried her right shoulder back while deeply inserted and twisted his head so he could suckle away madly. He freed himself from her nipple after a long attachment so as to kiss her on the mouth of length, as if seeking to set the world record for kiss duration. And she smelled her breast on his breath, which was otherwise piquant with saliva, a little tart, a little bitter, and humid with the churning underworld, the raw metabolism and generative heat beneath the flawless exterior. Jim Long's odor had been a little like norgahyde, and his mouth, lips, and tongue had often tasted metallic, or just as often steeped in the mouth. Whereas Ed smelled vulnerably digestive, warm-blooded, moist, and just now, breastfed. 
Oh, I am feeling that. I am feeling that myself. No. What did he say? The smell oh of breast God. on his breath? Something like that. Okay, I completely did a spit take all over my keyboard when you said skin flute. That was so good. It took everything I had not to lose it during that. First time, miles above my my favorite of all of them, and you nailed it. That was the first time I've ever heard skin flute used (laughs) non-ironically. In my village. In my village. First of all, can we address something real quick? Everybody (laughs) shut the fuck up. Daniel? Yeah. Daniel, look me in the goddamn eyes right now. Yeah. Why would you use Diane? That is my mother's name, you fucker. Oh my god, I didn't even realize God, every single time (laughs) Daniel has some some kind of personal attachment to every story, and this is the worst one. This is the worst one. And I read it in the best way. Last episode it was, oh, my I had I had a so good. Sadie, yeah, but Sadie, now it's yeah. her mom. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you just I'm read so about the seduction of Listen, Dina's mom. I think Dina that could have slid by, but you just called it out. Now everyone's gonna know. Because <laughs> I can't let it go. Because so what I can think about now. These, and now all that I'm gonna hear when I rewatch this is Tom talking about my mother. <laughs> like I'm. Well, Diane, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to love that, Tom. She's going to love that. She's our biggest fan. She's going to comment. She's going to comment. I've never been. Mom, if you make a feet comment right now, I'm going to comment. Oh, Oh, Tom, you were going to be the best new co host of this show. My God. So hold on a second. (laughs) Daniel, originally, the original idea, Tom, just full. Yeah, uh, I'm a little transparency here. The original idea was Daniel was supposed to source some erotic Legend of Zelda fan fiction Uh, for you to read. I didn't have time. That's fair. uh, That's fair. He he resorted to our 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 wheelhouse, our well, which is the the annual Bad Erotica Awards or whatever it is that we found on Google. Cool. So I'm glad he did though, because that was fucking fantastic. I mean, like next time, right? Next time. Here's the thing: is yeah, next time we're gonna give you a link that when you come back. Oh my god! I mean, dude, your voice is perfect for this. It's. Dude, the mic voice is just the mic voice. Yeah, we we might have like in a future episode, perfect we tone. might just bring you back in to do the bad erotica read at the end. Be like, all right, listen, guys, <laughs> the folks want Tom. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I do. Yeah, we're just gonna have you pre-record several segments that we can just put <laughs> in. I do. Oh I do. I'm in. I just I can't I can't process it yet. Daniel, fuck you. Is it like, too much I... for you, Dina? Listen, Dina, you you you'll have a month to forget. <laughs> You'll have a month to forget all about it, and then when you rewatch this episode, when it publishes, you'll be pleasantly surprised by the yeah. how close to home that story is for you. You'll listen to it all over again. I don't think there's going to be any pleasantness about that. Yep. Oh my god. All right. All right. So before we go, we have another. Oh god, we have another tradition on this show. It is called the one second pitch. Now we're going to give you a chance to actually oh, yeah. pitch your book too, like in a normal space, space of time. But you've got one second, literally one literally second, one second to tell people why one. to buy your book all right? or what, why they should read your book. All right. Books. Count them down. All right. Here we go. Three, two, 
One. Captain Van will kill you if you don't. Yes, more threats of murder. Yay! We love it on this show. You know it what? Was so good. It's so effective. <laughs> it's so effective. Bl- Peter yeah, Sean we'll did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that an English thing? <laughs> yeah. The threats of violence if you don't buy my book. Yeah, it's it's layered in like undertones uh, of politeness, and no one believes us. Though, because like. Right, like it's very ironic. And then the fury oh, is released because he was so polite earlier with his olive pitch, and now all of a sudden it's like death. And I'm like, he was yeah, saving. He's up. polite about if you don't like olives, but if you don't read his book, like he can't help mm. you. That's that's you're fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, so give us the real pitch. Tell, tell the folks at home why they should read this series. So, Naesis is a wonderful world that is very lore-rich, it's very character-driven, it has unique races that you've probably never read before, um, and it's uh, a, a grand war, as everybody loves, but there's also lots of mystery to be uncovered still. There are tremors throughout the first book. Where did they come from? What is the source? What, why, why, are they, why do they exist? Uh, there's a lot of interesting characters that just exist for the sake of violence because they're bored what are their motives learn more about them in their past you can find the age of reckoning volumes one volumes two anywhere that books are sold you can even get it on audible they are incredible i cannot recommend these enough and i can't wait for number three man and we will have you back for number three all right so also thomas tell the people a little bit about your twitch give us a little bit of a you know uh what what do you usually play where can they find you so on Twitch, I'm a variety streamer. Um, I play a wide range of games. I focus more on my community than I do on the gameplay. So you'll often see me playing games that don't require much attention so I can focus on you guys. Uh, I aim to build one of the safest spaces on Twitch. Or, sorry. I aim to build one of the safest spaces on Twitch. Um, so everybody... Twitching. 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 So every, everybody's welcome to come along, introduce yourself. Don't be afraid to talk. Um, if you want to lurk as well, that's more than appreciated. Lurk, we love our lurkers over on my Twitch channel. Um, and the community is building up to be really, really nice. You'll be really welcome whether you love olives or not. You'll be absolutely welcome in my Twitch channel. So please come along. And... By the way, no. Don't Make It Weird mm-hmm. is officially a subscriber of yes, the yes. Twitch.tv channel. Woo! I'm so happy. I'm so and happy. so also talk to us a little bit about this charity. I know it's uh, near and dear to your heart, the Pancreatic uh, Cancer UK Charity. Okay, so when I was 14 years old, my dad was diagnosed uh, with pancreatic cancer and six weeks later he passed away. Um, it is the cancer with the highest mortality rate the rate of survival is one percent of people diagnosed live more than five years so it's it's one that needs research because there are often no symptoms until it's too late the people that survive more than five years are the people that have it discovered accidentally because they go into hospital for another illness and then it's discovered um so more research needs to be done with cancer in general but because of my father, obviously pancreatic cancer is, is dear to my heart. Um, my my tattoos are actually in, in memory to my dad, my Zelda sleeve, because we always used to play Zelda together. So it's like a nice memorial to him. Um, so they're also one of the most underfunded cancer charities uh, as well, um, because not only are they the rarest, they're the one with some of the few, fewest, some of the least research um, on them. Uh, so anything goes a long way to help and they're a charity that are, are so dear to my heart and i always support them and, and the work they do so yeah that's amazing and i know for sure i will be notating at the end of this show um you know i really appreciate you bringing light to this and i know that that's something that matters a lot to uh all of us you know being able to 
you know, support a really worthy cause. So on that note, guys, we're just about out of here. Tom, where can the folks find you online on Twitch or on Twitch and on Twitter? Give us the get, get, the Twitter, so, actually, we can the Twitter, the Twitter. Yes, the Twitter. <laughs> Uh, so I am basically at Naesus on everything. That's N-A-E-I-S-U-S. Um, if you want to go to my website at uh, www.naesus.com, at uh, the top there are links to literally everything, including my Twitch, my Discord, my Goodreads, my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook. So it's all there. Man, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a blast. And I know producer Sean is going to hate himself having to edit this into some coherent form. But this was so incredible. Guys we're out of here i am one of your co-hosts daniel quigley you can find me on twitter at dan q writes thing dan q writes thing just singular and it's not dank rain also hi shannon we love you fjords um dinosaurus where can they find you <clears throat> uh you can find me at dinosaurus d that's d. These notes, uh, mm. on twitter and producer sean where can we find you I will be um, hoping that everyone listening will join me in supporting the Pancreatic Cancer UK charity at pancreaticcancer.org.uk. And thank you very much, Tom, for joining us. That was incredible, man. Thank, thank you for you. having Jazz me. Hands, it's everyone. been amazing. The Don't Make It Weird podcast, hosted by Daniel Quigley and Dina Soros. Produced by me, Sean Holden. Music by Amaria. A very special thanks to our guest this week, Thomas Anthony Lay. You can find links to his books, his Twitch channel, and all of his stuff at naesus.com. That's N-A-E-I-S-U-S dot com. Please join us in giving by sending a donation to the Pancreatic Cancer UK charity, pancreaticcancer.org.uk. You can find the video version of the show on YouTube and the audio-only version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. We'll be back again next week. Thanks to all of you weirdos for watching or listening to our show. See you later.